we go. Hello, hello, bienvenue, hola, ciao, aloha, and whatever the fuck else you want to say. It is that time again for another Anarchist Weapons Wednesday on a Thursday because I'm preparing at a feverish pace uh, for year seven uh, of Mississippi Mayhem. I'll throw a link uh, after the show. Um, to that, if you don't know what it is, um, it's taking a little bit of extra prep this, uh, year because it's on Friday the 13th and we're going to be, uh, going psycho Billy this year. So I'm kind of jazzed about that. I'm going all out for it. It's going to be awesome. And I do apologize that I have been remiss in my other duties as, uh, I don't know, whatever the hell that I'm supposed to be at this point, but, uh, this week... I am back, and uh, I got one of my favorite rebels being denied and then okayed by his masters uh, to be able to get himself a little bit of freedom. We have some interesting developments on banners of the Crimson variety. 
Sort of. Uh, the guy who built a gun for another guy is in trouble, and uh, our first federal charge, thanks to Trump's imperial decree. Oh, and of course, ye oldie man of the land of Floor, our Florida man of the week. I hope you're as excited as I am for this. So let's go ahead and do this then. Alright, so first, Ammon Bundy fails background check for Idaho gun purchase. Ammon Bundy, uh, who was tried but not convicted in two federal standoffs, uh, went to a local sporting goods store on August 31st in uh, Emmett to buy an AR-15 rifle. That's Emmett, Idaho, to anyone who doesn't know where Ammon Bundy is. Um, the store said it could not sell him the firearm because he had failed his federal background check, the NICS check. Right? Everybody's got to take it. Uh, I have an absolute right to purchase a gun, Bundy told the statesman on Tuesday. Bundy, who bought a home in Emmett a few years ago, said uh, he had not been convicted of any felonies, uh, so there is no reason that he should ever fail a background check. Felony convictions are not the only criteria that lead to a failed background check. Other flags can include domestic violence convictions. That's usually a modifier, even if it's on a misdemeanor. Dishonorable military discharges automatically disqualify you. Being in the country illegally automatically disqualifies you. Being a fugitive of justice, justice automatically disqualifies you. Or if you are currently under any kind of uh, an indictment. Um, felony, uh, where do, oh, felony, uh, I have been acquitted in two federal districts and I am still being treated like a felon, he said. Uh, Bundy and his family have been in news headlines for the past five years, uh, following their involvement in two armed standoffs. One, which is the family ranch, uh, in Nevada in 2014. I'm sure everybody remembers those images of, uh, the guy laying on the overpass with the concrete K-rails, sticking the barrel and uh, optic through the gap in the concrete, which is pretty badass. It did make the feds back off. That was with BLM. And then again with BLM at the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge in Eastern Oregon in 2016. Now, prosecutors charged Bundy with numerous felonies in connection with the two standoffs but he was never actually convicted of any of them. Uh, an Oregon jury quitted him on all charges in connection with the Malheur occupation, and the judge declared an ultimate mistrial in the Nevada case, ending those charges. Now, Bundy said he is concerned uh, about the integrity of the federal background check system, which is just, oh, so surprising, isn't it? Uh especially when it denies someone who has no felony convictions at all. According to a U.S. Government Accountability Office report, which is a joke, I realize government and accountability, but according to their report in 2017, uh, Nick's processed 8.6 million background checks, and of those, just 112,090 were denied. Now, in general, one of the big reasons for that is because people who aren't going to pass, who are well aware that they are not legally eligible to purchase a firearm under the law, know better than to try. 
In general, if you're a violent felon or you're a drug felon, you're a felon at all, you know you can't own a gun legally, so you don't bother. Does that mean that anybody who has a felony conviction doesn't get a gun? No, of course it doesn't. But it means that they know better than to try to go through, uh, shall we say, the legal and proper channels. I intend to expose it, Ammon said. Uh, quote, I look at this as basically a direct violation of my right to bear arms that is protected by the Constitution as listed in the Second Amendment. He said, I plan on pursuing the matter, but I'm not sure how yet, whether it will be politically or legally. I do like the way that he phrased that. He specifically mentions and points out that your right to bear arms is not dependent on a piece of freaking paper. It doesn't matter whether or not the Second Amendment exists. You have the right to keep and bear arms simply because you are a human being. That is why you have that right. So all that the Second Amendment is doing is listing it. It's naming it. It's saying this is a thing and acknowledging its existence. At least ostensibly. Whether or not that actually works. I mean, obviously, I make the case on this show all the time. It doesn't really work, but it's a nice thought, isn't it? So Bundy used his phone to take an hour-long video of his attempt to buy the firearm and then posted it on his Facebook, his Instagram, uh, Twitter, I think, a couple of other places. After completing the online federal background check form and narrating his response to almost each question for the video, Bundy waits for a response. Now keep in mind this is because he was anticipating exactly what the hell was about to happen. All right. Because he knows. Because Ammon Bundy, if you're not following this guy, Bundy is well aware that the government is out to get anybody who's an outspoken critic of them. He's well aware that they are going far out of their way. Right? Um, but uh, after he completes it, he's waiting for his response. The NICS system, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, for firearms purchases is mandated under the 1993 Brady Handgun Violence Protection Act, rather euphemistically named, considering it's prevented no real handgun violence protection. Nor is it just about handguns. Uh, and is administered by the FBI, according to the, of course, Nick's website. Uh, the computerized system uses call centers to run records checks on forms submitted by prospective buyers of federally licensed gun dealers. It also uses just a straight-up computerized system that then comes into a center of human beings who then are supposed to look at it and decide one way or another. If no background records that are flagged match the buyer, the system responds to the FFL, the Federal Firearms Licensee, with PROCEED. If there is a record match that would flag them as being ineligible to purchase a weapon, the system responds with delay while the records are reviewed and a determination is made. And if a straight-up prohibitive criteria is met, the system responds with deny. According to Nix in 2015, the average response time was 141 seconds. Bundy's background check took 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 141 seconds to anyone who's really not good with math is just a shade under two and a half minutes. It took his 30 
to come back. And my question already is, why do you think that would be? That it would take 30 minutes for a man with no felony convictions at all to get a response on a next check. Do you think maybe it's because his name specifically is flagged in that system? Somebody has specifically said, watch for this guy? Because I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that a lot of people already in my viewing audience are aware that the Knicks system is broken. And I'm also going to assume that you already realize that when it comes down to it, the Knicks system clearly is creating a national registry for firearms. I mean, you would have to be absolutely mind-blowingly naive to think that the federal government has access to this kind of record-creating potential and doesn't hold on to it regardless of what the law actually says. Because remember, the law also says that you have a right to privacy, but that certainly didn't prevent things like PRISM from becoming a thing that exists. Now, Bundy asked why he was denied. So the response comes back after 30 minutes. It says, no. Bundy goes, why? They don't give me a reason. They won't tell me, the employee says. Now, again, it doesn't require a felony conviction to be denied under Nick's. You can also be denied if you're a fugitive from justice. Have controlled substance convictions. So, any drug conviction can cause that. Dishonorable discharge from the military. So, decide to become a conscientious objector in the middle of your military stint if you enlisted. Guess what? No guns for you. Uh, has been legally declared mentally defective or been involuntarily committed to a mental institution. This includes anyone diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. So if you are a veteran who has fought ostensibly for the freedoms of the American people, has allegedly given your childhood or, you know, well, young adulthood, your sanity, the functioning of your body, years of your life, possibly sacrificed family and friends and wound up screwed up because of that. They're going to take the very freedoms that they claim that you're fighting for away from you. If you're legally illegally in the United States or, and this is an important point, or if you renounce your American citizenship, which, by the way, costs you about $5,000. So let's say you decide, I don't want to be an American citizen anymore. Hypothetically. And then you decide, ah, but I do want to own a gun. Sorry, Nix is going to say no. No mas. You are not allowed to own a firearm 
if you renounce your citizenship to the United States. Simply saying, I don't want to be part of your club, now you don't get a gun. If you are subject to a protective order. Now, this one is an important sticky point because ostensibly it is for good intentions. But of course, as we all know, the road to hell is paved with them, right? So the uh, protective order is a restraining order. However, getting a restraining order can simply be done as simply as saying this person might have threatened me or acted threateningly and I want to make sure that if I call the police, they'll actually come protect me from them. And then you get this restraining order and the evidentiary requirements for a temporary restraining order are incredibly minimal. Incredibly minimal. They don't actually need to prove pretty much anything. All they need to do is say, I'm scared of that guy. And then there's a protective order. But there's no potential for that to get abused, right? If you've been convicted of a misdemeanor with domestic violence as a modifier at all, as I previously mentioned, this is as simple as you get in an argument with a girlfriend. Uh, if you're a female, you get in an argument with a boyfriend with even a roommate, I want to point out. If you live in the same place, let's say you live on your own, you own your home, you let somebody stay with you. They're staying with you for a while. They turn out to be a piece of garbage. You get into a big argument. There's an altercation. You try to push them out the door. They call the police. You get arrested. There will be a domestic violence modifier on that arrest. And if you get convicted you will lose your ability to legally own a firearm. So never, ever, ever, ever be willing to plead. No matter how much they want to delay things. No matter how much they want to stretch it out or they want to threaten you. or anything, Never plead to anything with a DV modifier. Always require that that modifier come off. Because if it's on there, it's an automatic barred from being able to own a firearm going forward. Automatic. Um, if you're currently under any kind of an indictment, any kind, it doesn't even matter if it's a misdemeanor pending indictment, you are looking at being denied the right to buy a gun. Because you might get convicted, and then be barred. Even if you haven't been, because that whole innocent until proven guilty thing is a myth. You're not innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty until proven innocent in America, and anyone who thinks different is probably an idiot. So, you have to prove that you're innocent, and then they'll go, okay, well now you can own guns again. But I digress. Anyway, in the video, the employee says he cannot sell Bundy the firearm and explains how Bundy could uh, go online and file an appeal. I'm sorry for wasting your time, I guess, Bundy says before leaving the store. This is a direct violation of my constitutionally named right, Bundy says on the video moments later from his vehicle, noting that he is not a felon and the only thing on his record is in fact a speeding ticket. And this is completely accurate. 
A statesman background check, that's the Idaho statesman search, found Bundy received a speeding ticket in Idaho uh, last year and one in Arizona in 2005. And other than that, he has no charges on his record at all. Again, I want to emphasize here that this is all this guy has on his record. He's never been convicted of anything else, but was denied the ability to legally purchase a firearm by the next check after 30 minutes anyway. Bundy told the Idaho Statesman this is the first time he has tried to purchase a firearm since he was released from federal custody in January of 2018, a place he shouldn't have been in the first place. When federal authorities arrested Bundy in Oregon, they seized any property he had with him, including his wedding ring and several firearms. Bundy said even though the trials have ended with no convictions, he was in fact acquitted in the Oregon case, those items have yet to be returned which in part is why he went to purchase a rifle on Saturday. The only firearm Bundy personally now owns is, and I quote, a small 22. It is not of any ability to defend myself in any way. Bundy said he decided to purchase an AR-15 because, and I quote, it has the ability for home defense to truly defend, but also, to be honest with you, with the talk about the red flag laws and that movement, you feel the sense that your ability to purchase those types of guns are going to be restricted more and more. I felt, because of that, motivated to purchase that, and it would replace one of the guns taken from me and has never been returned. Bundy said on video and to the Idaho Statesman that he will get a firearm by other means if necessary. Quote, they only have the power to try and stop me from doing it through a licensed gun dealer, he told the Statesman. Which is completely true and a very important point. My position is they are breaking the law. I have every right to go purchase a gun through private means or to build one, and I do intend to do that. Really, personally, I think he should have just done that from the beginning. Never buy a gun from the FFL if you can help it. If you can avoid the next check, if you can avoid having to do that, never do that. Buy private party to private party. Make it yourself. There's plenty of files out there, thanks to my boy Ivan the Troll. There are plenty of files out there for how to make your own. Make them yourself. Don't let them know what you have. In another video posted to social media later the same day, Bundy said being denied the firearm purchase, quote, forces me to go on the street and find a gun, and I will do that. I will find one, and it will be a good weapon. So he straight up says, look, I fully acknowledge and am fully aware that you can't actually stop me. The best you can do is say that I can't buy one from one of your pre-authorized dealers. There are plenty of people out there that I can simply hand money to who will hand me a firearm in return. Or I can buy an 80% lower. I can buy a hunk of metal and turn it into a firearm. Because guess what, people? Firearms... I realize this may be shocking. Do not operate on magic. It's simple engineering. It is very simple processes that firearms operate on. There isn't even a complex thing to it in any way. Like, there's some science behind certain actions and things and how they work and mechanical advantage and disadvantage and blah, 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 which I would be happy to go on and on and on about to anyone who cares to sit there and listen to me. But they're really just bits of metal that work in concert. That's all they are. They're very easy to manufacture. In fact, if you wanted a slam fire shotgun, it's even easier to manufacture.
you can buy right now an 80% AR lower for about 50 bucks. Spend a couple more hundred for all of the bits and end mill bits required, as well as a jig. Get yourself a vice and a router, not Wi-Fi, a router router, like a man's router. You know what I mean? Get that. And within about a half hour, you can, in fact, have yourself a fully functional homemade AR-15 lower. You throw in a parts kit, which is pretty easy. Get yourself a high-quality torque wrench, by the way, if you're going to do this. Throw it all together. Buy yourself an upper, because remember, only the lower is the regulated part. In the United States, anyway, the only regulated part of a firearm that is truly considered the firearm is, in fact, the component that houses the fire control group, either the hammer or uh, the, the trigger. It, it varies a little bit depending on function. But basically, whatever holds the equipment that fires the weapon, that is the regulated part. And that is going to be serialized on any mass-produced weapon in the United States. So uh, it's the lower on ARs. It's the lower on almost everything, lower or frame. Uh, of almost every firearm. There are uh, a couple of guns out there where it's actually the upper because they're weird. But basically, uh, Jason just commented uh, that it's less complicated than an internal combustion engine. And yes, a gun is less complicated to build than a motor. It's less complicated to build than I would wager 90% of what you have in your house. Because you're not trying to build a precision Swiss implement here. I mean, yes, the Swiss built guns, and they're incredibly Swiss. Ugh, incredibly Swiss. There's, oh, why would, why, why would we use the, the three pots when five or twelve will do it? I don't understand why you would make that so simple when I can do all these little tiny things and we can put them in. That's, that's how the Swiss approach firearms. It's insane. If you have ever looked at a Swiss uh, firearm, especially uh, the interwar period, so between World War One and World War Two, or just after World War Two, it's <laughs> just insane. It, it's kind of hilarious how ridiculously Swiss they get. It's like they forgot that they weren't making a watch halfway through, and then we're like, oh, that's right. It's supposed to, like, go boom. And then, you know, just continued. But I do have an update to the Emin Bundy uh, article that I discovered as I was getting ready to do the show. Emin Bundy says the FBI has reversed its decision after the background check and has okayed his AR-15 purchase. Probably because they realized that they would have no tracking on any other gun that he bought and they went, oh shit. But anyway, you know, it's I, I have to say it seems suspicious just a little that he straight up says well I'm just gonna go buy my own gun and screw you guys I'll or I'll build it and then magically the FBI goes wait 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 we want to have this on record you're okay now But the FBI has changed its mind, apparently. 
and decided to approve Ammon Bundy's purchase of a firearm, which was initially denied. Um, the, uh, trying to get through all of this. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, on Wednesday morning, Bundy posted a new video to social media in which he replays a voice message he received from a DNB supply employee. It says, I just want to let you know that we received a call from Nix today and they overturned your original results, so now it is a proceed. You are welcome to stop in and pick up that rifle anytime you like. The message did not say why the FBI decided to approve the background check. FYI, they don't actually communicate that to the FFLs. Um, it uh, is unclear why Bundy initially failed the background check, obviously, because uh, he doesn't have any uh, convictions, right? Uh, the statesman, the Idaho statesman, again, contacted DNB Supply to confirm the recording and was told the store could not release any information pertaining to federal background checks. I don't exactly what to think about that, Bundy said in the video. Uh, I don't know whether to celebrate or to be really concerned. Um, Hammond, buddy, concerned. Um, because they want you to buy from an FFL. That's why they did it. Because here's the thing. Bundy is nationally known, especially among those of us who are always rebellious. Right? Which means that if he then obtains a weapon through unsanctioned means after being told no, and ultimately, legally, he can own the firearm, so it's not like they can stop him uh, or come after him after he does that. If he does that then he has proven that gun laws don't work, that none of that works, that Nix doesn't work. He's absolutely proven that. And he's done it with a national platform to speak from and demonstrate from. And what do you think that is going to do to people on the fence about gun control or people who are kind of unfamiliar with it if they can get shown very, very clearly that it stops nothing? It's going to ruin their plans. It's going to ruin their intentions. They have to get Bundy to just follow the law. And unfortunately, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't actually know which direction Bundy's going to go here. I don't know if he's going to stick to his principles, build the gun, buy the gun, you know, buy the gun from private party, whatever, and say, fuck you. Or if he's going to go, oh, well, Massa say it's okay for his children to do that. So I guess I'm going to do it that way. Which one's he going to do? I mean, which one are you? Ammon, are you a house slave who's easily placated or are you going to be the rebel that you should be? Because I know which one I'm rooting for you to be. And I know which one a lot of people are rooting for you to be. And I really, really hope you take the right path here. But Bundy continued, If someone in the FBI is trying to do the right thing, then I'm grateful for that. But they are they just making a tactical move to make it so that I do not have any standing in the courts? So I cannot go and sue them because now they overturned it really quick. And now, according to their rules, I can go purchase a gun. And so I have no standing to sue them. Bundy told the statesman on Wednesday he's not sure if he'll buy the rifle because people have given him parts to build his own AR-15. 
I may go that route and not purchase one at a federal controlled facility, he said. Bundy said Tuesday he is concerned about the integrity of the Knicks system when it denies someone who has no felony convictions. According to, again, the Government Accountability Office, 8.6 million background checks, 112,090 denied. Uh, it's a very, very small percentage, again, because people who can't legally own a firearm are well aware that they can't own, legally own a firearm. And anyone who's not aware that they can't generally isn't blamed. In fact, of those 112,090 that are denied, less than 1% were ever actually prosecuted because technically it is illegal if you get denied for you to have even tried. So... In general, I just want to point out here, in general, most people who stand even the tiniest chance of being denied on a Knicks check will go nowhere near a Knicks check. Because if you apply and you get denied, you can be arrested simply for even trying. And yet, despite that, despite that, very few prosecutions ever come of denied Knicks checks. And the reason is because the system is completely broken. And they're well aware of that. Trust me, none of these guys is under any impression that the Knicks system works. So, eh, um, Bundy, uh, let's see, the, bum, 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 lost my place because I was ranting. This is why I do this live. You don't get to hear me sing if I'm not doing it live. I cut these things. Professional. Um... Uh, yeah, this is the first time that he's tried to purchase since January 2018. He did post on his Facebook wall, quote, DNB Supply in Emmett denied me the purchase of the gun that the FBI authorized me to purchase because the ATF said that I have to agree and sign their super special document. So he has to sign a piece of paper with the ATF, even though the FBI has now said it's okay. Now the ATF wants to get involved. It's one alphabet soup agency after another that's going to get involved. So, Ammon, seriously, build it yourself. Become an anarcho-puist. Build your own guns. Don't let them know what you have. Remember what's happening. Right? Remember what's happening in the land of the Kiwi Pigs. Right? They don't know where the guns are, which makes it very, very difficult for them to confiscate them. If you build the guns yourself, they won't know they're there. This is how you maintain the integrity of an armed America, is you make sure that armed America is armed with no way to track who is armed and who is not. And if they still come for you, you use the Second Amendment for the way it was intended. As a matter of legal disclaimer, this is in no way intended to advocate for any form of armed civil disobedience. 
nor uh, serving as a call to rebellion or to assault anyone. This is simply a statement of fact for educational and entertainment purposes, and no one, including myself, is responsible for the statements I make. Moving on. California. We're going to talk about California because we're talking about guns. So, of course, we are. California Supreme Court closes Fourth Amendment loophole that lets cops seize guns without a warrant. <gasps> Shock face. In a unanimous decision, the California Supreme Court closed a, quote, less demanding exception, end quote, to the Fourth Amendment warrant requirement earlier this month. The case centered around Willie Oviedo, uh, who threatened to commit suicide in June of 2015. After receiving distraught messages from his family, Santa Barbara police descended on Oviedo's home and formed a perimeter. But by the time police had arrived, Oviedo's friends had already disarmed him, moving a handgun and two rifles to his garage. Following his friend's advice, Oviedo voluntarily came outside and was promptly handcuffed. Even though police had no reason to believe anyone else was inside or in danger, two officers entered his home anyway with guns drawn in order to conduct a, quote, protective sweep to secure the premises. It's for your safety, citizen. Please do not resist. Police never obtained a warrant and had arguably no probable cause. Once inside, they smelled, quote, an overwhelming strong odor of, odor of marijuana, end quote. Uh, it smells like marijuana. Uh, ultimately, officers, uh, found equipment for a hash oil lab and several firearms, including a 12-gauge, a 50 caliber rifle, and a semi-automatic Uzi. Arguing that searching his home without a warrant violated his Fourth Amendment rights, Oh, because it does. Oviedo tried to suppress the evidence, but failed. He pled guilty to manufacturing cannabis oil and possessing an, quote, assault weapon, because even though it's semi-automatic, a uh, Uzi still qualifies as an assault weapon, which is a made-up bullshit term under California's made-up bullshit laws. Um, the, uh, let's see here. Um, he pled guilty to that. He was sentenced to 18 months of probation. Uh, the state argued that entering Oviedo's home without a warrant was justified under a community caretaking exception. Yeah, that's right. But it's for your own safety is officially codified. Uh, 20 years ago in People versus Ray, three justices on the California Supreme Court argued that circumstances short of a perceived emergency may justify a warrantless entry into someone's home. In turn, that would allow police to, quote, resolve the possibility someone inside required assistance or the property needed protection, which is a bullshit set of excuses. We needed to be sure that no one would was in need of assistance. Like, what if somebody in there needed a jar opened or something? 
I mean, come on. Nobody inside needs assistance. The worst tyrannies perpetrated in the history of mankind are perpetrated in the name of the common good. They're always perpetrated in the names of safety, and it's for the children, and it's for your own good, and it's for your neighbor's good, and it's, we just want what's best. This is what always leads to the worst injustices that, just, that mankind has ever seen. Hitler rounded up Jews and threw them in ghettos and had them exterminated by the millions in camps for the greater good of Germany. Stalin led his purges through the Soviet army and threw people in gulags and murdered millions for the greater good of the Soviet. Milosevic, the Serbs and the Bosnians in Kosovo, Pol Pot, the North Vietnamese, the communist Chinese, all of these things, the, Cuba, right? The Castros and Che Guevara, the American natives being rounded up onto reservations. The Canadian natives being rounded up on reservations, despite how innocent Trudeau wants to pretend Canuckians are. All over the world, case after case after case is a government that says it's for taking care of the community. It's for being sure that everyone is safe. It's for your own good. These are the excuses they give you over and over again so that they can trample your rights, murder people, do anything they want. Because it's for the good. Why do you hate poor people, person who doesn't want to be stolen from? But anyway. This was a radical break from the Fourth Amendment. This whole community protection thing. Or emergency situations require, quote, sift, swift action. That's exigent circumstances to anyone who wants to know the legalese there. And when police don't have enough time to get a warrant, um, that has been upheld, that exigent circumstances thing. Indeed, three other justices would have upheld the search and raid, but based on exigent circumstances. Only one justice, the late Stanley Mosk, dissented, quote, I strongly disagree with the assumption that the warrantless search of a residence un under non-exigent circumstances can be justified on the paternalistic premise that we're from the government and we're here to help you, end quote. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Stanley Mosk said, I strongly disagree with the assumption that the warrantless search of a residence under non-exigent circumstances can be justified on the paternalistic premise that we're from the government and we're here to help you. That's right. A justice of the peace said... Big Daddy Government saying he's here to help all us chillins is a load of shit. I appreciate that. 
The lead opinion in Ray only garnered three votes, not a majority, meaning it wasn't actually binding precedent, but nevertheless, the appellate court in Oviedo's case relied on that opinion when it upheld searching his home as constitutional. Upholding a community caretaking exception would provoke a, quote, sea of change in Fourth Amendment law that would, quote, significantly erode Californians' privacy, the ACLU of Southern California argued in an amicus brief. This case was such an egregious disregard for the Fourth Amendment that despite the fact that it's centered around a gun conviction, the ACLU, traditionally incredibly left and not very inclined to give a shit about gun civil liberties, came to this guy's aid. So think about that. Um, perversely, it would create a strong, quote, disincentive to call 911 for help and, quote, make those experiencing a physical or behavioral health crisis less likely to seek aid, end quote, as callers would shy away from dialing 911 if they knew it risked police barging into homes without warrants. Gee, this sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like the exact reasons that veterans don't want to seek any kind of treatment for PTSD. And it sounds kind of like the arguments against red flag laws at the beginning, doesn't it? Gosh, isn't that interesting? On appeal, the California Supreme Court unanimously decided to slam shut this Fourth Amendment loophole. That, quote, diluted exception was not supported by our prior jurisprudence, end quote, and the lead opinion in Ray was, quote, wrong to create one. Justice Carol Corrigan wrote for the court. While exigent circumstances are supposed to be based on articulable facts, community caretaking instead, quote, purported to permit a warrantless entry if some kind of police assistance might be rendered, but the need, the need is entirely hypothetical. Now, I'm not one, okay, I am one to be overly suspicious, but doesn't this kind of sound like the moment the ACLU starts arguing that the California Supreme Court actually stands up for a right? Like, they actually straight up admitted that this community policing thing is, is entirely future crime or hypothetical situations with no articulable justification. I, I don't actually know how to react to that. Um, to continue here, uh, in Oviedo's case, quote, the officers pointed to no such facts. End quote, they would have rendered it an exigent circumstance. Quote, before the entry, <coughs> excuse me, the defendant was in handcuffs and under police control. Corrigan noted there were no reports that shots had been fired, that the defendant had threatened anyone else, or that there were any victims inside the house. Now, this is an important point here, this upcoming one. So I just want to emphasize. Quote, Possession of legal firearms in a home is generally lawful, and their presence in an apparently empty home does not, without more, constitute exigent 
circumstances, the justice added. There was no indication that firearms were accessible to others or that they posed a threat to officers or the public. Moreover, California law already lets police temporarily detain individuals for mental health evaluations, which in turn may authorize their red flag laws. Um, but I want to point out here two things about that statement. First of all, what it says is that just because you have guns, and this is now jurisprudence, just because you have guns does not mean that you are dangerous. And the first part is nonsensical drivel. Possession of legal firearms in a home is generally lawful. Possession of legal firearms is generally lawful. Now, I'm not a lawyer or an English major, but in general, does the term legal not usually ring synonymous with the term lawful? Is there something I'm missing? Did, it, did I miss a day of school somewhere? Because I'm pretty sure that what you just said was, well, while normally it's legal, I mean, there might be cases that I want to leave open where I can, or lawmakers can just go ahead and disregard that whole law thing. That should be terrifying. That should be terrifying to any gun owner that that got said in that manner. While it's, in general, a good statement, that bit should be noted. Because if you actually watch, you sit down and you watch how things get said by a lot of these politicians and a lot of these judges, they will intentionally leave themselves these loopholes that kind of indicate future plans. And it happens again and again. And when you become a serious student of history, you start to notice that. That they constantly will say things. So that, you know, well, it's a legal firearm, so it's generally lawful. They intentionally manipulate that language. Uh, Jeremy asked what cigar I'm smoking this time around. This is actually a uh, devil's weed uh, dark coffee. It's one of their absolutely wonderful, um, I don't know if the camera will focus on that, but it's, there it goes. It's one of their absolutely wonderful uh, flavored varieties. They have a regular coffee. This is their dark brew coffee. I'm not generally one for uh, flavored cigars, but uh, this is quite nice. I do like these. I bought a pack of 20. Um it does keep going out on me. Uh, the one thing I will say is they are kind of a frustrating cigar because uh, while they stay wrapped and burn relatively nicely when at uh, lower humidities than what they're what you want to keep a humidor at, 
if you bring it up to the 72% that you should, they tend to come unraveled, which is odd. Don't set your nose on fire, by the way. All right. Um, so moving on. Finally, the state argued that community caretaking is similar to municipal rental inspections, which have long granted renters fewer Fourth Amendment rights than accused criminals. Uh, traditionally, a genuine search warrant requires probable cause based on individualized suspicion. But in Camara versus Municipal Court, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that regulators could instead use, quote, reasonable legislative or administrative standards to obtain an administrative warrant to inspect homes. Quote, because the inspections are neither personal in nature nor aimed at the discovery of evidence of crime, the Supreme Court claimed, with a straight face. Those searches, quote, involve a relatively limited invasion of the urban citizen's privacy. So basically, well, we're, we weren't looking for things. Trust us. Is good enough for this Supreme Court. Like safety inspections, the California Attorney General asserted a police entry to render assistance is not aimed at the discovery of evidence of a crime. Tellingly, the state also derided requiring probable cause as an inopposite framework. So, you know, uh, the Supreme California Supreme Court was not persuaded. Quote, the argument falters at the threshold. Unlike Camara, the entry and search here were not routine periodic inspections. That's a direct quote from the Camara decision, uh, which are, quote, quite different from an entry by police officers with guns drawn. Corrigan wrote further, even Camara required a warrant to be secured if a person refused the inspector's access, albeit an administrative warrant in name only, unless a prompt entry was required by an emergency situation. If all that is required is the possibility that someone in some house might require aid, Corrigan noted, any officer on patrol might urge that people in homes often need help, and the officer entered to make sure assistance was not required. The attorney general declined to respond to a request for comment. Unsurprisingly. And now, now we are off to Texas. Authorities raid Lubbock home of person believed to have built sold rifle to Midland Odessa shooter. Um, CBS 11 has confirmed a raid took place in Lubbock on Wednesday uh, on the home of the person suspected of illegally building and selling an AR style, style rifle to the Midland Odessa shooter. The identity of the suspect hasn't been disclosed by authorities because this is an ongoing investigation. Charges are pending based on the outcome of the investigation. The ATF, however, is conducting the operation and investigation on the 3400 block of Mesa Road in North Lubbock to anyone who lives in that general area. Uh, authorities in Odessa said Seth Adder, uh, 36, went on a shooting rampage in Midland, Odessa on Saturday while running from police. Uh killing seven and injuring more than 20 others. Um, mostly truckers uh, is what I've heard. I've seen a few pictures of the results. It's pretty horrific. However, I do want to point out this guy, I believe could in fact legally own a firearm. 
Um, so if the lower that for this AR was an already serialized lower under Texas law, nothing illegal was actually done. And under federal law, nothing illegal was actually done. That one I'm going to continue to follow because I am curious how that's going to go. Because assuming that the shooter was legally allowed to own a firearm and this wasn't some uh, a uh, unserialized 80% lower, then technically no actual laws were violated and they're charging someone for selling a gun to somebody without knowing what they were going to do with it and then therefore they should not be, uh, you know culpable in uh the result but anyway houston man charged in the first known case since the bump stock ban the only thing that he's considering it and it wakes me up when he actually does something A Houston man has been indicted on four counts of firearms violations, including possession of a machine gun, um, specifically a bump stock, the U.S. Attorney's Office did announce on Thursday. That's right, in case you forgot, uh, after Trump's little stroke of the pen, right? It's 4D Yeah. Uh, after that, it officially makes bump stocks on their own a machine gun. The indictment of a J. DeHingra, 43, is the first known such case since the so-called bump stock ban, according to the statement. Investigators said DeHingra also made false statements in order to get two other firearms, which he's prohibited from having for mental reasons. Boy, those gun laws, they're working well. And we just want to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. I think it's just common sense. Mm-hmm. According to court records, DeHingra called the George Bush Foundation in August and left a concerning message, the U.S. Attorney's Office said. Law enforcement officials said DeHingra in possession, uh, is in possession of two firearms, one of which was a rifle with an installed bump stock. They also found a Glock pistol and 277 rounds of 9mm ammunition, which is basically freaking nothing. I mean, it's not even a range day worth of 9mm ammo. At least not where I'm from. That is a low stockpile. You're going to need more before you come to the range with me. If you're only bringing 277 rounds, dude, stay home. According to the BATFI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, this is the first case filed in Texas and what is believed to be the first nationwide involving illegal possession of bump stocks since the law was implemented in March of 2019, the U.S. Attorney's Office said in the statement. DeHingra faces up to 10 years in federal prison and a possible $250,000 fine on every single count. President Trump said last year that the government would move to ban bump stocks following the 2017 shooting in Las Vegas, in which allegedly a gunman attached a bump stock to a uh, AR-15, 
A Daniel Defense AR-15, by the way, with a long-range scope, which the bump stock would render completely useless, and he really had no experience with firearms, let alone long-range shooting. The list goes on and on and on of what's wrong with that entire narrative, but 58 people were killed in the shooting. Uh, a number of other people were injured. I know a couple of them. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on on the bump stock front. It's officially happened, and the Magatards are still going to go ahead and dry hump the leg of the Orange Fury. I'm not very nice. He's still your president. Yeah. And now, the moment that I know everyone's been waiting for. Your favorite segment. It is time for Florida Man of the Week. And this week, we have ye old struggle of homeless dude and jogger. Ah, yes. The bards have sung songs. Deputies are looking for a Florida man who swung a sword. Yes, a sword. That is not, in fact, an exaggeration. A sword at another man during a dispute over some discarded trash. Uh, Broward County Sheriff's Office officials say the victim went for a jog around his neighborhood and found a pile of trash in front of a vacant home. A Florida man was already rummaging through the trash pile when the jogger stopped to have a look. The jogger spotted a dump cart and decided to take it. The other Florida man became upset. As ye olde dump cart, forsooth, wath hith, thith. Because he was looking at it first. Investigators said the two men exchanged words, but the jogger took the cart and began to head home. The jogger arrived at his home and realized that he was being followed, followed by none other than the man with the trash and that man had a plan he was carrying what appeared to the jogger to be a red stick as the man got closer to the jogger he pulled his sword from what is quoted as a sheath but should really be scabbard and began swinging it at the jogger who was trying to wrestle it away uh, here we have some screenshots of the video. If you want to go ahead and Google that, because it's insane, because Florida man. Um, yes, he did in fact pull a sword on a guy for stealing his trash. Because apparently this Florida man was a nightly raccoon. Not a nocturnal raccoon, although he may have been nightly with a K. Nightly raccoon. The jogger told deputies he left the cart in his yard, but said a woman walked up and dragged the cart away a few minutes later. Investigators said they believe the man with the sword knows the woman who took the cart. 
Anybody who recognizes the man with the sword or the woman seen dragging the cart away is urged to call the Broward County Sheriff's Office. You will recognize the name of that sheriff's office as being perpetually useless. But nonetheless, if you know this sword-wielding Florida man, if perhaps you've sparred with him in the past fortnight, Broward County Sheriffs are asking for your help in identifying him because he's clearly exceptionally Floridian and needs to be stopped. That is all I have for this episode of uh, Anarchist Weapons Wednesday that is happening on a Thursday night. Again, I apologize. It's been crazy. Next week, I will try and do better for you guys and actually get it out on time. Uh, again, the uh, link to the Mississippi Mayhem page, should you be interested, I will be posting here in the comments. Or if you're watching this uh, on the recorded version on YouTube, which is going to be uploaded shortly, uh, it will be uh, in the description of the video, as well as... Uh, a uh, link to this t-shirt if the website is back up uh, for my sponsor, LibertyTees.com. Um, if you own a t-shirt company or other Liberty Materials-oriented company and want to sponsor me, my videos, please get a hold of me. I'm always looking for more sponsors. If you know who runs antistate.net, in fact, if you could get a hold of them and have them get a hold of me because I would love to pimp their shit, uh, please do. I'm always looking for new sponsors, hats, t-shirts, something that I can show while I'm on the show. And on our show, don't forget to watch, coming up next week, the absolutely awesome... Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable discussion that I am on bi-weekly uh, with my friends Derica, Jason, Dan, occasionally my girlfriend Lindsay, occasionally some other guests where we talk about anarchy, news, crazy things. We have episode 69 is up. Uh, if you search for Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable discussion on YouTube, it is up right now. It is a hell of a hoot. Not safe for work. Believe me, definitely not okay for children. It is on strange sex laws in the United States. Uh, definitely check out Derricka's book, by the way, uh, which is Think for Yourself, available right now on Amazon. Is there anything else that I need to plug? I don't think so. I think I'm all out of it. You guys have been great. I do appreciate the views. I appreciate you listening to me rant and rave about gun laws. And I appreciate the ability, as always, to keep you informed of the slow but inevitable destruction of your freedoms. You guys have a good night. Stay safe, stay real, laugh to heal. This is the Inked Anarchist signing off. But seriously, it is for the chess show. It, no, it's Charles the most libertarian president ever. You don't understand. You just, you just don't like him because you're a libtard.
Peace, guys.